Hey, get in here. Dallas is about to start. Welcome to the Ewing Barbecue, where the ladies have suddenly started to wear a whole lot of blue eyeshadow. My name is Mary. And I'm Josh, and I am very, very upset at Gary's inheritance. Who isn't upset at Gary's inheritance, honestly? That's right. I'm a guest. Yes. And <laughs> I am in progress of moving the stationary exercise bike all over the South Fork driveway for Miss Ellie. Oh, that's nice of you. Yes. And help. just wherever she'll happen to run into someone. Right. Eventually, I am going to have it in the barn while Mickey is shoveling horse crap. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know if Miss Ellie would appreciate that, but you never know. You never do. Well, they're both there at South Fork by themselves doing their thing. You know, honestly, they should become friends. They should. They should. Yeah. I mean, I they could have a heart to heart. I don't think he'd give her lip like he gives his mother because it's not his mother. I would hope so. Well, or hope not because Ellie, I don't think she'd take that shit, honestly. Horse whip out of the closet. Yeah. Ray, She's like, I'm sorry, what? Ray, get me the shotgun out of the closet to use on your cousin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, quick shout out to our Patreon members Brendan Phillick, Captain America, Sheen Pie, Justin Ware, Marie Johnson, Michael Jung, Jason Gregory, Jason Carter, Laura Bernheim, Brad Maholan, Anita Randing, Kristen Carlano. Thank you very much. They went to patreon.com and are receiving a little bit extra content. And I just got an, an email mm -hmm. from Patreon today that says that we can start to offer a free trial for our Patreon for like a week. Oh. So I have to go on there and figure out which buttons to press to make that possible. But when I do that, I will do that. So if people want to just check it out, you can. You can. Yes, yes. And I should mention that um, Melanie and Sarah are off investing in oil companies uh, that the cartel are trying to unload. Yes, definitely. Yes, they are not. All the investigating. Uh, let's see. Last weekend was the um, – was it last weekend or the weekend before? But it was the chili cook-off at South Fork. And this coming June 10th and June 11th, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. and 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. on that Sunday is the what seems to be coming the monthly Dallas Arms Collectors Association gun show at South Fork Ranch. Hmm. And the gun show isn't just Bobby without a shirt? No, or Ray with his oiled-up <laughs> chest cutting the South Fork lawn. Right. <laughs> but the trade days uh, where all the vendors come to South Fork has also been moved to the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of the before the fourth Monday of each month instead of the third Monday. Okay. Okay. Interesting. It's nice to see. I know there were questions last year at this time about were they going to bulldoze the ranch and everything like that. And yeah. they are really stepping it up on their social media and the events yeah. going on. So I think everybody Thank can God. rest assured that the section of South Fork that we know and love right. is not going anywhere. The one that we could pick out of a crowd. Right. Because honestly, the other parts, I don't think we could pick out the of a crowd. The other parts are big enough to hold the Magic Kingdom and um, right. Disney's Hollywood Studios. And frankly, if, that's none of our business. Right. If they decide to move out of Florida, Governor DeSantis, <laughs> uh, it, uh, I mean, uh, they can move to I wouldn't blame They him. can move to South Fork. There's plenty of room. Yeah. Maybe JR could be sure. the... Uh, official mascot of the villain's land that they build. 
<laughs> For sure. Yeah. Yes. Uh, let's. What about birthdays? Birthdays. We are recording on May twenty third, mm-hmm. and it is the um, five year anniversary. Anniversary. Wait, 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 wait. Anniversary. I taught. I taught. Putty tat. I did. I did. Um, five year anniversary of the death of Jenna Michaels. Uh, from in 2018 on May 23rd. And her birthday had only been two weeks before. Tomorrow, 24th, our own Priscilla Presley Stella. is going to be 78. And it, is, and it is the sixth year anniversary of Jared Martin's death. Hmm. Uh, the 26th is the, bear with me, I got to do my math. 60, 67 years old, Barbara Stock, who played Liz Adams in the later seasons. Mm-hmm. And she also had a minor role early on in the show, which is a great thing that I love seeing the cast members recycled, the minor cast. Yeah. Meg Gallagher, who played Luella. Ooh, this is the week of the um, anniversary of the deaths of uh, Ewing Oil secretaries. Meg Gallagher died uh, 23 years ago on May 27th. And Martha Scott, who played uh, Patricia Shepard, the anniversary of her death is the 28th. She died in 2003, 20 years ago. And we will save some birthdays for next week, including our own boy in the cannabis industry, Omri Katz. Yeah. Uh, I had a phone call conversation last Friday with uh, Deborah Trinelli, who is looking to join us uh, with Denon Simpson and Deborah Bernard in the near future. Can't wait. Get those Ewing Oil secretaries together. And yeah. our promo photo, I've already taken it, is going to be JR handing the three of them each a rose, like he did in this episode. But, right, yes. <laughs> JR Ewing invites Deb Bernard, Deb Trinelli, and Denon Simpson to join us on the Ewing Barbecue podcast. <laughs> it's like an episode of The Bachelor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've never watched that show, but... I don't watch those shows. Uh, I, my mother-in-law does. I don't get it. Uh, the only one I watch is Survivor, just because they go to these locations that I've never been and never will go. I used to watch that. I was, like, hardcore the first few seasons. Then Now they're going. Now they're in their 44th season, which is... Uh, That's insane. Which is... Two seasons is the equivalent of one, really, on yeah. regular television yeah. shows, because they're... Is Jeff Probst still the guy? He is still there. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, he's made a career of it at this point. He is the Dick Clark of reality television. <laughs> he doesn't age. <laughs> oh, yeah. That show was 2000 because that show, yep. the first season was the summer I got married. It was, yeah, it was the summer. It was, um, I was watching it the night before my brother's car crash. I remember that. Oh, God. Yeah. Yep, June twenty first was a Wednesday, and June twenty second, which is the anniversary, was a Thursday. I invited uh, my coworkers over to my house for the finale but, of that show, and i I had like gu- I bought gummy rats and stuff for us to eat. Oh yes, <laughs> and Sue Hawk Sue Hawk was the uh, the tapi. I always called her the tapioca lady because she was always pulling the tapioca things out of the trees so they could eat tapioca. <laughs> oh, that's right. And Kelly Wigglesworth with the grilled rat, and Richard Hatch's bare bare ass bum. <laughs> right. Yep. Ah, yes. Man, that's a while ago. So let's. Okay. So let's do it. So tonight we're talking about season six, episode six, 
episode 109 of the series, Aftermath. Aftermath. I haven't forgotten what you did to my son. And since the only way to your heart is through your company, I intend to do everything in my power to make that company bleed. My future and the future of my son is tied to JR. Any attack against him would be an attack against me. And I'll fight right by his side. JR doesn't want that company just for himself. He wants it for John Ross. I'm not going to sit back and watch JR steal something that rightfully belongs to Christopher. I get the distinct feeling there's an army mobilizing against me. It was written by David Paulson, directed by Leonard Katzman, and aired November 5th, 1982. Ah, post-Halloween. Post-Halloween, yeah. Uh, On November 5th, 1982, the number one song in the U.S. was Up Where We Belong by Joe Cocker. And in the UK, I Don't Want to Dance by Eddie Grant. Up Where We Belong. That wasn't with Jennifer Warren, was it? Is that a duet? I, it's it's with someone. It's it's definitely like a duet. I think situation. it was with Jennifer Warren. It could be very possibly. Joe Cocker, um, who did the theme to the uh, the Wonder Years, of course, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a cover of the Beatles uh, with a little help from my friends. Which I should mention when we were down at Chiller, I went in to get my cast photo with the Wonder Years cast, excluding Fred Savage. We won't talk about him. <laughs> And I pulled out the phone and I queued up the Wonder Years theme and blasted it in the photo room as I was going up there to get the photo. And they all started singing along. So <laughs> nice. I had the father, the mother, and the brother and the sister all singing along. <laughs> that's awesome. So that's my Joe Cocker story. Sweet. Um, the number one film is a Sylvester Stallone story, First Blood. Once again. Yo. Yo. <laughs> and there's no big news stories from this week that I could find. And person born on this day of any note was Rob Swire, who is an Australian musician who was in the band's Pendulum and Knife Party. Knife? Two groups I imagine must be like Thrasher Metal or something. That just I don't know. Just, yeah. just by the sound of those names. I don't know. I've never heard of them. Yeah, I don't know. And on Dallas. And on Dallas, this episode actually dropped to number three in the ratings. We're moving into the best storyline in right. that really right. in people pay attention. Pull, sucked every cast member into it and it dropped. TV veteran Ben Piazza, who I always refer to as Ben Pizza because his name looks like pizza with an A, extra A. Um, he made his debut as Walt Driscoll. He was also on Ben Casey and co-starred in the Joe Namath sitcom The Waverly Wonders, which was one of two scripts that Larry Hagman was considering. Okay. I was like, I know that is something, Waverly Wonders. And Larry Hagman's wife convinced him to not take The Waverly Wonders and take some family drama about some people in Texas. I don't know how that yeah. worked out for him. Uh, Pia, I'm going to call him Pizza. Uh, okay. He he also played Doctor Josiah Bartlett on Saint Elsewhere, a rival of okay. um, mm-hmm. of William Daniels' character Mark Craig, and he died of cancer in 1991 at the age of 58. Oh, it's so young! I know. Carol Sanchez appeared in several minor roles before appearing, landing the role of Angela, who replaced Louise as Pam's maid during season eight. Sanchez later played, coincidentally, Carter McKay's maid in season 11, whose name was 
Carmen. Not Carmen Ramos, huh. played by Marlene Forte. Right. Huh. But I, okay. I like the recycling of names there. Um, they could have just had her be the same person who worked at Pam's and Carter's. Honestly. Uh, you know? Yeah, that's like Irma P. Hall also played one of Pam's um, maids, but she was also uh, Tilly in the miniseries barbecue episode. Interesting. Ah, so. All right. So we open on South Fork where JR is opening a bottle of champagne. And so Ellen comes down in like a whole robe situation and asking him, she thought he'd want to quote unquote talk. Mm. Talk between the sheets, maybe? Oh. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, amongst other things. Because she's getting all horny and turned on by his power now. It's ridiculous, but yes, she didn't. <laughs> she's all about it. Didn't she learn in the past that that uh, doesn't go over well? And I don't think she can help herself. I think it's like her thing. <sighs> I don't know. Girls in for a world of hurt. Uh huh. Most definitely. I don't. Ugh. And that's what. So she's like accusing him, and like not meanly accusing him, but like kind of sexily accusing him, like, you knew what that will was going to say. And he was like, he's totally fanning this. And what do you mean? Me? I would never do such a thing. It's getting her all moist. He could tell he's like, oh, you like that, don't you? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I do. Oh, But JR says that, of course, he can beat Bobby, uh, the Boy Scout there. Otherwise, he would have to have his merit badges taken away. Right. Okay. <laughs> I don't think JR earned a single merit badge. I think he bought them all. Oh, God, no. He bought them right. all. He's like Jethro wanting to buy them all. Yeah. He just basically probably had someone else in the troop just do all the work for him. and All the work for him, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Underlings. <laughs> now, remember that scene because later, not to be outdone, a Pam comes into the living room when Bobby gets home in her nightgown as well. Right, right. <laughs> it's kind of like bookend scenes with them. Two signs of the coin. Yeah. And nowhere to be seen is Gary Ewing. They had just No, he he's off. He jetted out. Yeah, he went back to the hotel. Yeah, fuck out. He There's a Gary Ewing size hole in that door right now. He went back to the hotel cuz we saw this on Knott's Landing and Abby was waiting for him at the hotel cuz she's all moist by the prospect of a Ewing inheritance. Inheritance, yeah. She sees dollar signs in her eyes. But we have to remember that uh, in the off screen, or on Knott's Landing, that um, Gary was there at the ranch at first playing with Christopher. Oh. And he was spending some coffee time, I guess not with his own kid, but with his Nephew? Right. And we'll get to um, his child's reaction later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, Bobby is already busy in his bedroom taking down some notes while Pam is sitting on the bed annoyed about it. Right. And he tells her it's a doodle. And I'm sitting there. Yeah, that's not a doodle. That's not a doodle, No, and it's not even Bart Simpson's doodle. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, yeah. no, he's he's already at work, and I can have a feeling that that's going to become a preoccupation with Jr. and Bobby. 
Mm-hmm. Pam is aghast that he's already started. She's like, what are, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, you think JR hasn't already started? And she's like, oh, my God. And she really doesn't think it was fair that Jock did what he did. Right. She doesn't. But Bobby is like, no, no, no. It was fine. It's fair because this is kind of how it has to be. And they have to determine convinced. who is best suited to control the company. Right. right. It can't be 50-50. Fitty-fitty. It'll never work. No fitty-fitty. Never fitty. be fitty-fitty. No. 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 And um, yeah, the company cannot be divided 50-50. And uh, Pam yep. thinks that somebody is going to get hurt. And I mean. I mean. <laughs> I don't think she's wrong. No. I mean. But Bobby reminds her that, like, this is not just for them a fight. Like, this is for John Ross and Christopher, too. Right. And, um, which I think gives them such a huge pass to be, do the most questionable shit. Be like, well, I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for my kid. Right. <laughs> and when the kid grows up and you tell them all of this and why the family was destroyed, they're going to have this mm-hmm. whole weight on them. Mm hmm. And, the sins of the fathers will be visited upon the sons, but uh, yep. Now, Pam was right to be concerned. I mean, was the was the Civil War? Uh, nobody got hurt in the Civil War, right? Oh yeah, no, no one no, at all. No, absolutely. Mm-hmm. No. And to continue our path through the couples and their reaction to the will, the only one that's happy is is Ray. <laughs> yeah. He's so happy he oiled up his chest to lay in bed with some like it looks like he oiled it up with some like a self-tanner. He's very he's very brown. I noticed that, yes. This episode actually looked like it had been corrected. The previous one that I watched did not really okay. take on okay. a look. I've of, been noticing a huge difference. Yeah, I hadn't noticed until this episode. It looked a lot sharper. Mm-hmm. Especially with the new um green carpet and everything in the living room that really stood out it's like so green now oh yeah it just it it pops yeah and um but ray now thinks that he's on par with donna because he has this 10 million dollars i mean come on and she like okay and she even called him a dumb cowboy yeah She's like, what are you being? You're being a dumb cowboy. I'm, like, what the I'm just a dumb cowboy. I better not like, I better not do that to Steve when he comes on. <laughs> <laughs> and he acts like it's a joke, but uh or she's acting like it's a joke, but it's really not for him, I don't think. Like he feels like, oh, we're finally on the evil footing. Or evil, evil, evil yes. Evil. What evil friend. lurks in the hearts of man. No. <laughs> The shadow knows, yes. <laughs> so then the accountants are trying to split up the company by asset. They have to do it by assets and determine which fields are producing which capacity. So it's really fairly divided because you can't give somebody the older fields and then somebody the newer right. fields. And then, right. mm-hmm. but yeah. then you have it's basically like super complicated. Yeah. And then they have the, uh, and, they part ways, and JR is going back to his office, but they have to deal with pumping capacities, which is where the Office of Land Management will be coming in. Remember the OLM, which Cliff used to be in charge The OLM, yes. Yes, OM, OM. <sighs> so we, we did mention that um, Gary had spent time with Christopher. 
Right. But what Gary failed to do was spend more than five minutes with his own daughter, Lucy. And even acknowledge her kidnapping ordeal. Right. Yeah. She is just like, I just had all this bad shit happen to me. He barely said hi. And then he left without saying goodbye. Like, what the hell? Like, this is bullshit. He was more concerned with the money than he was with his own mm-hmm. his own blood kin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. And this is why she has super big daddy issues. But at least she's talking about it now. You know, she's. Right. And, yeah. and Pam did say that Gary wanted to come in when she had been kidnapped. and But they downplayed it. And she's and I'm, like, and I'm like, why would you have done that, Pam? Like, what? Why would you do that? She's like, it's better for both of you. Like, what? Okay. Because the producers did not want to pony up the dough for Ted Shackelford and Joan Van Ark to pop over for that episode. That's why. <sighs> well, Lucy has a reason to be pissed, in my opinion. Right. I mean, she made one appearance out uh, visiting her parents in Knott's Landing, and did she ever go back there again? No. I mean, they didn't come to visit her either, so you know. And how accurate is it that they really wanted? We we don't we only have Pam's word that Garrett right. wanted to come out there, right? Yeah. But uh, ah, no. So so the punk is reassuring Ellie mm-hmm. that everything with the division of the assets is going to be okay. But what's not okay is that Ellie does not like the idea of pitting them against each other. Yeah. And Jock really didn't like the idea, according to Punk, as he wrote up the console. Because Punk was there when he was doing it. Right. And he came back to the same conclusion, that the only way to determine who was better suited was to do this. and Right. Which is, I mean, that's so suspect to me. But I guess, okay, Jock. Okay, then we cut to Ewing Oil, where JR brings each of the secretaries a rose upon his entering the building after coming back to Ewing Oil. Right. A rose is a rose by any other name. Times three. And he gave them yellow roses too, didn't he? No, red. They were red? Okay. They were red. I was all of a sudden like, did he? Okay. Yeah. The yellow rose of Texas. Right, because that's Sue Ellen, and I was all of a sudden going to call bullshit on that. But okay, let's go there. Right. right, and I would have, if the, he had given out yellow roses, I would have liked to have had David Wayne come through the set, stagger through the set singing the yellow rose of Texas. <laughs> yes, that would have been amazing. Anytime a yellow rose is given out on the show, they should have had David Wayne just stagger through the set. Sh- mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's it's funny because uh, talking to um, uh, Deb last Friday, uh, she's she's a singer and mm-hmm. she used to sing with Howard Keel at golf charity tournaments that they did together. But they joked how because of the different people that sang on the show or cast members that were singers, they should have done a cop rock style musical episode of Dallas with everybody singing. Oh my god. They, you know, they did that with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. They had a whole episode that was a musical, and it is the best episode of the entire series. And they tried to do that once a season on Riverdale uh, oh. with, with uh, different storylines. Mm-hmm. But because uh, you have Howard Keel singing, even Patrick Duffy was singing in. Um, he had that French uh, sing, song out with that singer in France. Uh, sure, yeah, that would have been great. Uh, so. We get a little peek into JR's office, and I feel like there's some new additions to this office. 
The big Texas thing on the wall? There's like, okay, the big oil uh, Derek that he hangs his hat on. Mm -hmm. I want that. Um, There is, he has a fancy little computer at his desk now. Which is probably state of the art. Oh, I'm sure. uh, Yeah. 12 megabytes of space or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, megabytes kill i bet it's like 64 kilobytes. right and they probably had the not the th- uh the small floppy disks but the big ones that were the big the big yeah the, big, the, big the ones that disks, were actually floppy ones. that you had to stick yeah, in yeah, there yeah. yes i was so confused when um someone the first time someone referred to one of those little like five inch disks as floppy disks i'm like no these aren't floppy these are hard because the other ones I used to use were the floppy ones. Right. I, th- <laughs> I think somebody's calling them diskettes or something like that. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I had it for my Commodore 64. Commodore 64. Every time I think of Commodore 64. Dallas six, Quest. Every time I that. think of Commodore's uh, computers, I always think of the Commodore music group, the Commodores with Lionel oh, Richie. Okay. <laughs> and I just start l- hearing their songs in my head. And, uh, huh. Okay. That was the only gaming system I had as a kid, was that. It was an old Commodore 64. We had the Atari 2600. 2600. The 5200. We also had Intellivision. Nice. Yeah, we didn't have any of that shit. My dad thought it was a waste of money. And now they have all those games in the joystick, and you just plug them straight into your TV. So I I have all of those. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually bought- Pong. um, Boop, uh, boop. I bought a C64 where someone redid the whole Commodore 64 where the because the hard drive at the Commodore 64 was in the um, keyboard. Really? Yeah. The yep. The whole thing was the keyboard was the hard drive, and so so a couple years ago they like made one and it came with like a bunch of games on it already and it's awesome. Oh wow! And and that that reminded me of my our first cable box. It was wood paneled and it was called Starcase. Yep. And I, I found a picture of it. I'll, I'll post it in our uh, chat. You should, yeah. yeah. So We're not old. What? No, my birth certificate, <laughs> again, my birth certificate was written before I was born. Yeah, for yep. sure, for sure. So he wants Sly oh. to get uh, Walt Driscoll on the phone at the OLM to set up a meeting. Yep. Sly, who's gotten a perm, by the way. Yes. It's, it's funny, um, having talked to... Deb Bernard last, not Deb Bernard, Deb Trinelli last Friday on the phone, and then seeing them on the on the, th- show. On the thing, yeah. and the, we're t- trying to book the three of them together, and then there they are together. And I'm like, I'm already looking for clips. If anyone out there knows which episode that Sly, Kendall, and Phyllis were showing Miss Ellie how to use the computer at the secretary's desks, it w- oh. it was around eighty three, eighty four. Um, really? Yep. Deb said we should use that clip uh, when we put together a montage for getting them on. Oh, my so God. I'll have to search for that. I'm going to use this clip, obviously. 83, 84. So that's in the next two seasons. Yeah. So I might have to go to someone like John Walden, who seems to think he knows every... Right. You need someone with that encyclopedic kind of memory. Right. Because you're talking close to 400 episodes between the two shows together, yeah. plus there's movies. No way. There's it's. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Uh, this this part's funny when Bobby comes in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because or like someone's a man to talk to him. Right, and he he wants to say that uh, 
his brother in a fair fight and blah, 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 and there's no underhanded. And then he goes to shake Bobby's hand, and Bobby just kind of. Bobby just side eyes him completely and is just like, yeah. are you kidding me? He <laughs> just walks out. So, because you're telling me that there's going to be no dirty tricks, there are going to be plenty of dirty tricks. Oh, yeah, exactly. Like, and Bobby, at this point, Bobby is finally starting to wise up to JR. And he's like, okay, all right. You better wise up, Janet Weiss. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but uh, it, so if JR had said, oh, I'm going to pull every dirty underhanded trick in the book, then maybe he wasn't going to pull any underhanded tricks. And right. that would have been the right. underhanded trick, convincing Bobby of to be paranoid. Reverse, reverse psychology. Exactly. Man. Then we cut to Rebecca's apartment where we see the Dallas Press headline, Will Divides Ewing Oil. All right. Okay. Okay. What other crap is going on in the world? And this has to be the front. <laughs> this always gets me every time there's a headline. John DeLorean is in, getting in trouble for cocaine and we're concentrating on the Ewings. <laughs> right. And isn't there, isn't this like close to the war in Grenada or something around that time or whatever it was somewhere? That seems right. Don't quote me on that, but it seems right. In this general area, but there's probably... This general time period, early Reagan, there's, I think so, There's yeah. probably some war or some terrorism going on somewhere or something. I don't know what, you know, but... And yet, it's... The world revolves around the Ewing oil, uh, apparently. Uh-huh. And Next year, it's October of 83. Okay. So we have a year to go before Grenada. It's, okay. I'm sure it's heating up. It's heating up. Right. And the the South Fork, as it was called. <laughs> right. You notice how they've dropped the the from South Fork now? It's just South Fork? Finally. Finally. And yeah. Linda has given up that accent she was using in the early episodes. Yeah. 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 Oh, back to Rebecca, yes. Back to, yeah. Yeah. She calls Wade loose uh, about his company that he has for sale. Sets up a meeting. How loose is loose? <laughs> Oh, and what are we drinking there? Zinfandel? Zinfandel, yeah. I got this for my birthday, and I've been slowly drinking it for the whole week. And I just poured the last bit of it because I have to finish it before but your, I leave for Your tomorrow. birthday was in January. January, so that's last of the yeah, I didn't open it. I didn't open it till like a week ago. Oh, okay. And then, or uh, several days ago, and I've been slowly drinking it. But I had to finish it tonight. Well, we because red wine doesn't last that long once you open red, it. Red, red wine make me feel so fine. Rocking all of the time. Oh. All of the time. So, uh, yes, did um, <sighs> we both know you're a lush. Sue Ellen. <laughs> yeah. Joan of Arc would have been a drunk if she were married to you. <laughs> That's right. I, I I used to think he was saying she was saying Joan Van Ark would have been a drunk. Uh, Joan Van Ark. <laughs> actually, Joan Van Ark did play Joan of Arc in a high school play once. That must have been oh, funny yeah. to look at in the cast bill. Joan That's Joan funny. Van Ark, Joan yeah. of Arc. Joan of Arc. Yes. Yeah. Oh, speaking of um, humor. Um, Mickey is uh, struggling with a horse while... Um, yeah, he's shoveling horse shit yeah, he, in the barn. He's shoveling a suckly blue, suckly mad. Oh, he's not having the time of his life. No. <laughs> no, there is no dirty dancing having the time of my life here. Mm-mm, and, the, and no putting baby in the corner. And the horse does not look like uh, Jennifer Grey. No. The daughter of not. future Dallas guest star Joel Grey. 
Are you kidding me? No. Joel Gray is Jennifer Gray's dad? Yes, I, as far as I know. I definitely did not know that. As far as I know. I actually assumed Joel Gray was gay. That's on me. That's like uh, Roy Dotris, who played in the, the TV series Beauty and the Beast and was on Picket Fences, mm-hmm. yeah, is yeah. the father of Karen Dotris from, um, uh, uh, was it Mary Poppins or one of those? Um, she was a child mm-hmm. actress. Joel Gray daughter, Jennifer Gray. Yes. Holy shit. Well, goddamn, I've learned something today. And Joel Gray was, of course, the voice of uh, The Night Before Christmas. It was The Night Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, the narrator. Wow. Karen Dotris was uh, in Walt Disney's Mary Poppins. That was her big role. And her father was Roy, who I've been okay. watching as a priest on Picket Fences, which had Lee Taylor Young as the mayor. She played Kimberly Crider. Picket Fences is the show where um, a friend of mine from Washington, she was a child actress. She was on Picket Fences. She was also in Kindergarten Cop, and I was, should watch it. Was it a reoccurring role on Picket Fences for her, or was it just one episode? I don't know. I can look it up. I'll look it, I'll look it up later and let you know. Okay. I think she might have been in like a couple, like just a couple episodes, like not okay. really long okay. ago. But. Okay. Yeah, so back to back to uh, Mickey shoveling horse crap. Ray comes to check yeah. on him. Yeah, yeah. And he's not too thankful about his um, reversal of fortune here from the gas station to shoveling shit. No. Would you be? Not really. I feel like the gas station would be way easier. I mean, there is gas involved. There's methane gas in the... True, but gas smells better than shit, in my opinion. I like the smell of gas. <laughs> well, yeah. As long as it's not coming out of your ass. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, ga- gas, car gas, automobile gasoline, I like the smell of. Right. But not from yeah, the other gas. Yes. Yeah, so uh, yeah, Mickey, Mickey is not appreciative of... Uh, yeah. But no, he's he's got a toot. He really has a toot, and it needs to be. He does have a toot. It needs to be fundamentally broken down and obliterated. Right. Yeah. Good luck with that, Ray, because you're not jockstrap Ewing. He's trying to be, and uh, no, but he he has too much almost self-loathing baggage of being a dumb cowboy and right like he can't pull it off of being the person who knows more because he doesn't think he does right. And so he he lacks that machismo that Jock Ewing has in a, in I a way. I think he's lacking that thing where like you get the feeling they're doing it for your own best good, right? And Ray just seems like he's being mean, right? Jock had the gravitas behind him. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. And Ray yeah, is just like yeah. he's like a wannabe, and he doesn't. Yeah. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Ray was never out wildcatting in the fields. Didn't have to build an oil mm-hmm. company. He doesn't have that. That particular type of a backbone to him that Jock Ewing had. Right. Don't don't get me wrong, Ray. Sure. Ray's he he knows how to run a ranch and stuff. Uh, sure. Except when he's off on one of his self loathing uh, dumb cowboy spells, but um, sleeping with Lindsay Bloom. <laughs> <laughs> and then Afton comes over to Cliff. Drink, 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 drink. Cliff's eating Chinese out of a container. What are the odds that the Chinese is cold? I, I mean, I bet it's like lukewarm. You know, like it was hot a while ago, and now it's just kind of. It's just kind of. Yeah, but if Cliff had any sense, if he knew what we know, you take the little thing out and you open it up into a plate. He didn't have MySpace, so he doesn't know these things. Oh, Not yet. 
Not yet. We don't, we, we can only know things now that this was back in 82 when we just didn't know things. You right. could just be like, I don't know. And you didn't have an answer machine in your pocket to look it up. Right. And if, if Cliff had MySpace, he would know that he always had a friend named Tom in this world. That's right. God damn Tom. I wonder where Tom is Tom. now. Where is Tom now? What happened to Tom? Will he be my Facebook friend? I would like Tom to be. I am going to reopen. Friend. I'm going to reinvest in Friendster. <laughs> oh, Friendster. Okay. I want him to pass this on because I am on here. Someone recreated MySpace because MySpace as it exists now sucks, but someone recreated like 2005 MySpace and it's called spacehey.com. And you can go on there. I recreated my 2005 profile, the whole thing. So if you're on there, it's spacehey.com. I am Girl Scout, G-R-R-L-S-K-O-U-T. Friend me. Send me a message. Say you heard it on here. Send me that link in the in the in the chat. Okay. okay. Because I miss. I swear to God, I goddamn miss MySpace. I think it's way more fun than Facebook or anything. Yeah, that's that's where those quizzes you do all the time. <sighs> so good, so good. That's that's where Armory and I met for the first time back in the day. One of my first friends was John. I think John. Da- Daly or Daly, the guy, the kid from John, Freaks and Geeks. Oh, John Daly, yes. Yeah. John Francis Daly. Yep. Amory Cass guested on an episode of Freaks and Geeks. Right. I, I've, and I don't remember what, I've seen that show so many times, and I don't think I ever realized he was on it. And he had the distinction of, um, interesting Dallas connection here. His father in Hocus Pocus was played by Charles Rocket, who was the first cast member fired from Saturday Night Live because he dropped an F-bomb on the show. And <laughs> you know which episode it was? It was when Charlene Tilton was hosting, and he said, well, who the F shot him anyway in a, in a Who Shot JR spoof? I've never seen that. Do they? Is that one they don't show anymore? I don't know, but... Oh, my God. I'm going to have to look that up, because I didn't even realize Charlene Tilton was on And I, I pointed that out to him last fall at, huh. in Salem. I said, you know, Charles Rocket playing your father in Hocus Pocus, here's a little trivia, and Six Degrees of Separation... And he was mind blown that Charles Rocket was fired from Saturday Night Live in an episode that Charlene Tilton hosted. He said, yeah, see, it nice. all goes full circle, he said. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, it does. Small world. Yes. Small world. But another TV father for him was John Larroquette. He played John Larroquette's son in the John Larroquette show. Did he? Yes. I, watched that. I just don't, that's so long ago now. I know. Oh my God. John Larroquette, <laughs> who is going to be in an upcoming episode of Dallas. Yes. I do remember that. As surprise, surprise, um, a lawyer. <laughs> back to back oh, to Afton with her groceries at uh, Cliff's apartment. Yes, uh, Cliff is obviously upset over the Ewing oil thing and mm-hmm. Jr. getting back into some power. Right, and Afton wants him to let his hatred go and just get on with his life and just like enough. It's like it's again. Afton is the smartest person in the city of Dallas, and I'm gonna, I'm I'm standing by that statement. And I will I will tease our upcoming um, next live episode, uh, hopefully live that we're going to have on Facebook. Hopefully, we are reuniting the Cooper siblings, Lee McCluskey, who will be a the second person to appear twice on our podcast after Sheree J. Wilson. Yeah, uh, we are reuniting him with Audrey Landers in an upcoming episode in the very yeah. near future. If it works out, it's it, it, we're trying to get it to happen. So we're just trying to finalize the date and time, and we'll let everybody know. But you have to tell uh, Audrey that she is the smartest person on the show. No, I'm definitely going to. I'm going to be like one 
Afton is the smartest person. She always knows what's going on with everybody before anybody else knows. Mm -hmm. She always has the best advice. No one listens to her. And also she's like psychic. She's like a, she's like a good witch. I swear to God. Glinda the good witch. Yes. But Mm -hmm. unfortunately they just look at her as another dumb blonde. Yeah, and that's ridiculous because she's way smarter than everyone. Right. I mean, her mother yeah. was uh, from Honey West, Anne Francis. There you yeah. go. Yeah. And she was the one that was always telling Mitch how stupid he was to yeah. let his pride get in the way. Yeah, and she was right. <laughs> I think she should have had her own spinoff show. Oh, that would have been amazing. Yes. Yeah, totally. Yep. Um, she tells Cliff that his hostility, hatred, and paranoia about Jr. is poisoning him, and she's totally right. And he gives her a look that could kill. Oh, totally. Um, and and she's just basically like, he is unimportant in your life. And I'm just like, girl, preach. And he does. He can't. He can't even handle that thought. Right. Because he is so addled with hatred. You are my obsession. You are my obsession. I mean, Jared Cliff just need to make out and get it over with, and then they could just go on with their lives. Like Donald Trump you know? and Vladimir Putin. Yes. Just do it. Get it out of the way. And then everyone can move on. You know? I still... Yeah. It would have undermined everything that JR had done in the series if at the end they found out that he was really Digger's son with Miss Ellie. Oh, my God. That would have just... It would have been... That would have just been... That would have been like the last season of Roseanne being revealed as a dream or <laughs> right. all of Newhart being revealed as a dream or St. Elsewhere being revealed as a dream. Or like a whole season of Dallas being a dream. No, that, <laughs> no, that, that would never happen. That would never happen. No. Please don't go there. That would never, yeah. don't even, don't even, I don't know what you're, 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 you're turning into a clown here. Speaking of clowns. So we got to Ewing oil. Pam has brought uh, Bobby a present. A JR clown punch. A giant clown. With a JR on it. It says JR. Yeah, that says JR. Little like name tag that says JR. And then he calls her mother. <laughs> is this like he a, says mother is this like mother and I are going out to dinner? I'm like, what the fuck, Bobby? Is this like a Norman Batesish type of thing? Or? I don't know. She and she also she's like mother what? Okay. That's like Ronald Reagan when he would call Nancy mommy. Ugh, yeah. and, that, and then that goes back to you and the Sarah, daddy thing. D- the daddy mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. No, 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 oh, no. Who's your daddy? Mm-hmm. Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, thank you. Absolutely not. Ugh, but pretty- as they're trying to walk out the door, Thornton McLeish calls from Toronto. Played by Kenneth Kimmins, who also, uh, speaking of picket fences, had a two-part episode of Picket Fences. He played a doctor. I was just noticing recently. Nice. And... Remember Forrest, the comptroller from Forrest. Wentworth Tool and Die? Oh, yeah. He was on an episode of Picket Fences romancing little Zelda Rubenstein from uh, Poltergeist. <laughs> from Poltergeist? Yes. Caroline! <laughs> go towards the light. Maybe you'll see Jock Ewing if you go towards the light. Maybe. Um, so, uh, Thornton is going to be in Dallas tomorrow and he wants to meet with Bobby. So Bobby is like, yeah, let's meet at your hotel. And then he actually does go out to dinner with Pam. Unlike in previous seasons, a business, a business call would have meant, no, Pam, sorry. I got to break our our lunch. I've got to break our dinner. And I totally thought that was going to happen. And then she actually seems surprised. She's like, oh wait, we're still going. 
Oh, all right. Cool, cool, cool. And as they walk out, I notice that the the down arrow light is already on on the elevator. Like it's all ready to go down. <laughs> Maybe Kendall pressed it for them? I don't even know if Kendall was there. We didn't even see her in the side sh- uh, shot. I don't, I don't yeah, I don't know. Just assumed. It's kind of weird that she's like out, out there and they're inside. Uh, she's like in the foyer. She's, yeah, she's like... The first person you talk to, and if you get past Kendall, then you can talk to the so, other second. So she's the first line of defense. She is. Right. She is. She's there for, like, delivery people because, like, you know, Sly can't be bothered with a delivery person. No, no. It, it goes in order of, like, Kendall, and then you come in, there's Phyllis, and then over here is Sly. So you got to go through everybody to get to mm-hmm. JR's woman. Right. His, yeah. JR's girl Friday, as they call would, would call her. Right. Oh, this this scene is uh, is funny. I had initially thought that it was the first shot of the Oil Barons Club, mm. but it was not. It was so. it was just a nondescript restaurant with a red carpet. It looked like it was supposed to be like a fancy Chinese restaurant or something to me, or like a Japanese restaurant. Oh yeah, I like what it looked like. I like those Chinese restaurants where they have like the. They're really well themed. They have like the fake volcano in the background and stuff like that, and the tiki <laughs> lights. And <laughs> we used to go to those when I was little. There was a restaurant called South Pacific. Cliff Barnes would have been loved it. It was it had the had the like the bamboo uh, yeah. poles and everything like that. And, oh yeah. So J- people are congratulating Jr. on his return to the oil. They are just kissing his ass at this point. Yeah, I'm like okay. <laughs> Every one of those people, if you look closely, their noses were all covered with brown crap. Completely. And then, awkwardly, they run into Clayton and Rebecca dining together. And even Clayton offers fake congratulations on JR. Right. But you know who doesn't have time for that bullshit? Rebecca don't have time for that bullshit. No. And Uh -uh. JR goes, oh, well, congratulations to your son, too, there. I hear he's getting back on his feet. And she's like, don't you patronize me. Yeah. She's like, don't fuck with me. I don't care. I'm not playing this game. Mm. No. And Jared's like, what? And she's like, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm I'm not. You're patronizing me. No, we're not playing this game. No, I'm not. I I have not forgotten what you have done, what you did to my son. And your your company is where you hurt the most. And I'm going to make your company bleed. Uh-huh. And so then they're like, well, we're going to go eat our and dinner. I, I think now. this is a Larry Hagman hmm. ad lib here. Uh, oh, first, Clayton goes, I, th- I think your table's ready. And J.R. Uh, Hagman goes, oh, well, I, I, I guess I guess they want to eat alone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that had to be a Hagman thing. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. But he's 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 rattled. He doesn't want to stay there. He, he's totally, he's actually rattled. And I love that because he did not expect that. He thinks there's an army lining up against him. He can handle Bobby. Uh, yeah. He can handle Bobby himself. But if it's Bobby like, and honestly, an army yeah. in the oil community that doesn't want him there. He only has himself to blame if that's true. Right. Because you are a dick. The call is coming from inside the house, JR. Right. In fact, go look in the mirror. Exactly. And you will see Ugh. you will see Belzebub staring back at you. And then a bored Donna goes to see Ellie while she is on her exercise bike. Which uh, does Raul come in out and place it in different places for her? Oh, I'm sure. The- yeah. He puts it away at night, brings it out in the day. 
And maybe it's placed in a different place so she has a different view every day. So she's not always looking at the same thing. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you can move it, so why not? Yeah. You know? Yeah. But Donna is bored. She's waiting for her book to be released. Yeah. 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 She says she's not great at waiting. No. Because Tom Petty said waiting is the hardest part. It's true. Oh, it absolutely 100% is true. And Ellie asks what Ray thinks about the will. And I was like, well, he's thrilled. <laughs> he's thrilled, but he thinks that we're now equals because he has this money, which is. Right. Which is. Mm. And also Ray's super excited not to be included in union oil. Like right. he's not slighted at all. He's like, thank God. Right. She also um, starts off by offering a complaint about that Mickey, uh, Ray's cousin. There. Oh, yeah. Donna fucking hates him. She just does. And Miss Ellie's even heard things. He complains a lot, so probably. Right. right. You can probably hear him squawking yeah. from the bunkhouse. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Miss Ellie has to bring up the fact that Gary is not, she's not happy with what Jock did to Gary in the. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, a, yeah. is a, it's a valid point. It's totally valid. I mean, that was pretty cold. Right. It's not, it's not like he's, you know, 23 and you have to worry that maybe he needs to grow up a little bit. Like, yeah, he's messed up, but like, he's an adult. He's had his bouts with alcoholism. We know he's an alcoholic. Imagine if he and Sue Ellen were a couple. Oh my God. They would have so many bender weekends together, mm-hmm. which was uh, Betty White's uh, character's screen name on Hot for Cleveland. It was Bender Over. <laughs> oh boy. But uh, yeah, watch the bloopers uh, from Hot in Cleveland, uh, released released by um, uh, Valerie Bertinelli. Yeah, Um, but he screwed up. He's been an alcoholic, and he's had deals go sideways. Did did he have a gambling issue too, or was he working in the casinos too? I be, I don't think he had a gambling. Oh, he was just working in the casino. To be around the booze so he wouldn't want the right. booze. But right, 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 right. Yeah. He on he honestly did not give Jock enough proof that he could have been trusted. But the reason that he was the low self is because Jock and JR drove him out. Yeah. So Jock and JR did this to Gary. Mm-hmm. And Gary Seemed weak or seemed. I mean, you saw when he, he, Jr. set him up with that business deal when he when he looked like David Aykroyd and they Lucy they spilled the milk all over the table and he just flipped out and he, right because that's not what he was meant to do right and if you look at him on Knott's Landing which I am sure Ellie off camera was constantly in touch with them and talked to them on the phone off camera he had problems at Knott's Landing Motors he his marriage to Val fell apart. So what was his job on Knott's Landing? He worked at Sid Fairgate's automotive place. Okay. Selling cars? Yeah. And uh, okay. Sid Fairgate, of course, played by Don Murray, who played Bushnell Mullins on uh, Twin Peaks Season 3, The Return. Mm, yeah. And he's still alive in his 90s. God bless him. So I'm sure Jock was hearing about Gary's failures, and those failures probably stuck out more to him than Gary's successes. Oh, sure. So right. maybe he thought in his own twisted mind that he was protecting Gary from his failures so that he would not blow all of that money. Yeah, I'm sure he he did think he was doing right by him. As JR says, oh, I think he's trying to do you a favor. 
but he's not going to see it that way. No, he's not going to see it that way. And Gary's a grown man, and if he wants to blow his inheritance, that's up to him to do. Right. Right. Yeah. He has to make his own mistakes. Right. But it just it didn't sit well with Gary, and it's that that yeah. does follow him back to California for a long time on that show. Ah, uh, yes. Right. So now we cut to Holly Hardwood doing business on her boat with Jr. Hard, hardwood or Harwood? Finally, did you say? Did I say Hardwood? Yes, you did. <laughs> I said I thought I said Hardwood. Oh, <laughs> oh J- you know what? I wrote I wrote Hardwood, and it auto corrected to Hardwood, and that's. <laughs> Oh, you, oh you, you, you type up your notes? Oh, yeah. I totally type them. No wonder I can't read mine. It's all chicken scratch. I scribble. <laughs> yeah, I, t- I, mic- I write them in Microsoft Word because I oh, can okay. type faster than I can write these days. So. I pause after each scene and just do a l- mini description of each scene, and then my thoughts come to me later because it just triggers. Yeah, yeah. But uh, JR is – he's like playing Peeping Tom there with a pair of binoculars this whole time. Did you know okay. he's sitting on the boat playing, look, looking through binoculars or something? You're right. You're right. I'm, I'm thinking he's checking out some skirt somewhere. Of course he is. Of course. Yeah. But they finally got the refinery. But she doesn't have any oil to put in it. But And she wonders, you're back in at Ewing Oil. Why, why are you so concerned with Harwood at this point? I thought you'd just not. But JR has plans. Oh, of course JR has plans. JR has yeah. plans, of course. Uh-huh. Yeah, of course he does. And those plans include uh, the man that is arriving at the boat. Yeah, he's invited Walt Driscoll from the OLM to join them. And it seems like Holly didn't know about this, and she's not cool with it. She's like... No, JR is springing more surprises on her, and it's like... What? So she just pieces out. She's like, I'm going to go in. Yeah, I'm going to go in. I got to get ready. I got to go in. I got to sign contracts and all that. So I'm just going to go. I'm going to go. Uh, slip out of this uh, bathing suit, which I seem to hold all my meetings with you in, and I'm going to actually get dressed for a meeting with a a real meeting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. And um, Jar Jar wants to fix Walt up with Holly, but he says he's happily married, and um, he's like, "I'm not interested." Yeah, and that uh, didn't stop him before when, uh, ten years ago. But Walt was married to a different woman, and now he's found the love of his life, who we later learn is 21 years younger. 21 years younger, right. <laughs> so you're like, okay. With a certain problem that we'll mention later. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And he want, JR wants him to get a variant signed, but Walter's like, I can't help you. He wants to pump Sorry. more than the capacity that is allowed. Mm-hmm. And Walt's well, like, no, yeah, I can't true. do that. Like, and Jared's like, Mm-mm. yes, you can. Like, He's like, yeah, but mm. Jared, what, what do you think? You think you're God? I mean, apparently he does. Obviously, he, he definitely does. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, what does he say? He talks about uh, Jared starts to say, "Well, as my daddy said, it ain't over until." And then Walden Armstrong goes, "Yeah, the fat lady <laughs> sings." Is that? It's like, I don't think uh, so, Jared. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that that's right. That's right. <laughs> hey, Jr. Surprise. That expression wasn't originated by your daddy. Right. Yeah. Other people have heard it. Right. Like, I used to think that when, um, spoiler here, when JR said to, uh, to somebody in JR Returns at the end of somebody, uh, JR Returns, it goes, well, some days you're the windshield and some days you're the bug. I used to think that that was a original JR line that was. That's from like a country song, isn't it? 
but I heard it recently from somewhere else and I, they credit it to somebody else. I said, no, that was J.R. Ewing that said that. (laughs) (laughs) When I first watched that, I remember thinking it was funny because I recognized it from a country song from the nineties. Oh, but it could have been already a saying before that even, I don't know. And I like his other line. He said, Bobby is only involved and I'm committed. And the difference between being involved and committed is you take, uh, take ham and eggs. The chicken lays the eggs is involved. But the meat that the pig, the pig that the meat comes from, is committed. <laughs> Another one of my favorite JR. Well, that, well, that's a, hell uh, of a legacy to leave your son, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and it might be from JR Returns or the later seasons of Dallas. I'm not sure, but he says um, you can you can appreciate an old flame without flying in and getting burned up. Oh, that's true. And a conscience is a lot like a boat or a plane. It's best to rent one if you need one. I feel like we could make a whole book of J.R. Like, I think there was. Uh, was there? There was somewhere or something. There but, should be if there's not. Oh, my God. Yes. So Lucy goes to meet with uh, uh, Leland Palmer. <laughs> Leland Palmer, yes. <laughs> she wants like to get back to. he never sees anyone but Leland Palmer. Right. I, I, wanted, I wanted her to walk in the office. I'm going. He's going to start singing Mercy Dotes. <laughs> <laughs> Little Lions and Ivy. A kid Elite Ivy too. And dancing around with a golf club in the office. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to this and you haven't watched Twin Peaks, just watch it so you get our references. Okay, thanks. This has been a PSA. You can see Christopher Ewing, Josh Harris on there too, as yes. little Nikki. Yes. Little yes. Nikki. Yes. Um, you know, it was Kimmy Robertson always reminded me of Victoria Jackson from Saturday Night Live. Oh, totally. Yeah. I think they look a lot alike. I think if she had had a sister, they another sister, they should have had Victoria Jackson. Oh, yeah. That yeah. would have been a good idea. Uh, so Lucy wants to slowly get back to work, but she really would like a lady photographer, and Blair couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yep. Good for Lucy to get off her duff. And she's obviously being <laughs> seen, so she's obviously had Cherish at this point, Charlene. Yeah. Yep. And she's back to work, which is good. Back to work. So then we cut to Wentworth Tool and Die is officially. Well, no, I don't know die. if it's Wentworth Tool and Die is buying, but Rebecca personally is buying. So yeah, maybe I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know if it is Wentworth Tool and Die or if it's just Rebecca by herself. Right. It's mm-hmm. under the umbrella, maybe. But it, yeah, yeah. it's a transaction that she's doing without yeah. having to go to the board. So. Right. You know. You're right. So it is probably just her by herself. Mm-hmm. Right. Because she she got plans for that bidness. Bidness. Yep. Bidness. Yeah, 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 she does. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So then Pam comes home to South Fork and runs into Ellie. It's a very gray day at South Fork with a lot of wind. It is. And it looked like it, it, looked like it had, outside. looked like it had been raining and the, the driveway looked wet. It might have been. So. Yeah. So obviously. I mean, it is what? Uh, November. So. And they're filming in the summer, obviously. Right, right, yeah, but we're pretending it's November. Right, but uh, they're still on location, obviously, at this point yeah. in the uh, season, mm-hmm. which, as everyone remembers, Michael Priest talked about the filming on location, then back to the set and all this stuff, and what a fast... And then he said they went back to location, which I didn't know. Yes. And then went back to the set. So. And if you have not listened to that episode with Cherie J. Wilson, Kathy Podwell, and Michael Priest, it, it is online now? It is. It is. Is online now. Go check it out. Michael Priest is a gift, and he knows everything about Dallas. So yes, and I hope to actually meet him in person in August when I'm out in California. 
That'd be amazing. Yes. I would, it would be nice to be able to have a meal with him and Kathy and, and even Alan. I'd like to have Alan come on too. Cause he seems to. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so Pam, yeah, she comes home. She, so she's still at the studio. We, we, she still has the studio cause she had to run some classes herself. Right. Cause, yeah. Cause one of the instructors yeah. called in sick. So, mm-hmm. and yes, that is the expression that I remember. It's called in sick to work, not called out sick. Cause you're actually calling into work to tell them that you are out sick so you're not calling out of the work you're calling the people that are in work so you're calling in you're calling to work i don't have an opinion on this because i never thought about it before Uh, because i hear a lot of people now saying called out sick and i'm going no you're if you were in work and you were calling somebody outside of work you're calling out but you're calling but you're i guess you're calling out of not being there you're calling in to tell them you you are out sick so true yes true a little in and out. Yeah. Burger. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Pam is super tired, and Ellie tells her to go take a bath. Ring, ring, ring. Ring, ring, ring. Hello. This is Mr. Eccles. It's Charles Eccles. Mr. Eccles, and you can uh, have your court date next week. A week from today, actually. Uh, uh. Yes, 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 yes. I don't know why he's British all of a sudden, but... Because Eccles um, sounds very uh It does. It does sound very Why did Alexa just activate when I was just... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> somebody actually uh, the other day, somebody was asking Alexa the weather report. Or no, or, or something. And in the other room, and mine started telling me the weather report in my room. And I'm going, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> well, Pam is very happy about this news. Oh, she is totally. Ellie safe. says, "Well, you should go, go, go find Bobby and tell him." But mm-hmm. he's in a meeting at the um, Fairview yeah. Hotel by the swimming pool with some scantily clad yep. uh, females walking by. Who the table behind them were totally eyeing. Did you see that? Yes. The dudes at the table behind them were like, uh-huh. "Not the only scantily clad person in this episode." I will tell you. McLeish wants him to invest in drilling in Canada. Uh, but Bobby's, he seems really interested till they tell him the time frame is like, yeah, it's going to be like 12 to 18 months. And then we're going to totally see like a ton of oil. Bobby's like, oh, shit. That's, outside, that's a little worrying. That's outside the scope of this yeah. year-long contest. They'd be cutting it close. Yeah. Super close. So, but they're, they're surprised he doesn't jump at it. And they're going to talk. They're totally surprised. They're going to talk to other yeah. independents in the area. Yeah. Which is which does not include. Uh, I don't think it would include Jeremy Wendell, who is one of the eight largest uh, independent oil. Eight largest independents in the world. In the world. <laughs> in the world. And when Bobby said that it was not peanuts, the uh, co- the bank cost, it almost sounded like he said penis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I had to do a double take there. I was like, You're like, I'm sorry, what? What? <laughs> what? What? Uh, is your attention being diverted down below because of these scantily clad people walking by, Bobby? Yeah. Probably, probably, yes. yeah. Bobby, you're a married man. <laughs> so we cut to Sue Ellen, and she's quizzing Clayton about Rebecca. And she's surprised to learn that she pulled herself up from a wait- being a waitress and taught herself to read. And she's <laughs> not the soft person that she presents herself okay. as. Right. Clayton says that JR has every reason to worry about her because yeah. she yeah yeah she, she's tough as nails yeah she's she'll cut you 
Just to watch you bleed. And then Swellen asks him point blank that if she does do that, will he be joining Rebecca in that fight? Against JR. Because against JR, because she's now officially marrying JR. And if there's a fight, she's going to be fighting by JR's side. And that kind of puts a look on Clayton's face like, oh. Right. He's like, oh. You, you can start to see these little wrinkles and factions developing since this battle was announced and it's oh yeah it seems like one episode ago (laughs) right and it seems like this is going to be it could have the potential to turn into an all-out war that drags everybody around into it it could possibly except donna and ray who uh, are not involved in ewing oil no, who are literally just like like sipping champagne on the side, being like <laughs> we're or like eating eating popcorn like Michael Jackson on the side, like yeah, we're not involved in this. <laughs> Michael Jackson, I, I'm thinking more about the um, the rich aristocrats during the Civil War that would set up picnics and watch the watch at the battlefields, and they all ran towards each other and started killing each other. Oh my god! <laughs> and there's Ray and Donna with their picnic blanket, and uh huh, they're like hmm. And Mickey shoveling shoveling crap in the background. Yeah, <laughs> complaining the entire time. <laughs> yeah, but he, he has he, they've got nothing to do with this fight because they, yeah. they they get their money. They're off to the side. Yeah, little side piece, you know, a little some some on the side. You know. Some some. So so Mc McSween stops by. Um, Uncle Harry and <laughs> yeah, Uncle Harry. Uh, to Ewing Oil, and Jr. wants to investigate Walt Driscoll. I mean, surprise, surprise. Right, he wants leverage to be able to get Walt what he yeah. wants out of Walt Driscoll, which is a because he didn't immediately give it to him. So he's like, "Well, now I have to ruin him." So right, yeah, cl- <laughs> what do we have? Cla- classic Jr. move. What do we have? Do yes. you want some hookers? Do you want some drugs? What do you want? Do you want embezzlement? You want fraud? You want to have him <laughs> driven out of the OLM? Pick a card, any card. That's right. I'm a carnival barker here. Woo! Yeah, yeehaw. <laughs> <laughs> so then Pam surprises Bobby, Bobby by waiting up for him. Which is the bookend scene to Sue Ellen coming in when right. JR was popping the champagne. Because mm-hmm. they end this scene popping champagne, too. They do, yeah. Yes. And a lot of champagne in this episode. Uh, champagne is not the only thing that's popping. Uh, <laughs> that's true. Bo- that's very true. Balloons are popping and Bobby's probably popping wood. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, so she has a surprise, but of course, all he wants to talk about is the whole McLeish debacle. And then she's just like, okay, let's just walk upstairs. And then as soon as they walk into the room, it looked, turns on the lights. It, it looked balloons. like a kid's birthday party all over the it room. It did. Bobby is so excited about the balloons. Like, I've never seen Bobby this excited. I, w- I, he, I, he I, wish, I wish she had a man there to do, like, balloon animals in the room. Right. He would have lost his goddamn mind because I guess Bobby loves balloons. And maybe so much. Maybe a snow cone cart too. Oh my god. Or cotton yeah, candy. He would have lost his goddamn mind. Oh yeah. And he's just like, oh my god, there's balloons. What is the news? Uh, now I need to know. Where's and then where, she, where's Tyler Banks to play with the balloons when you <laughs> <laughs> And she like pops open a bottle of champagne and he's like, What is it? I can't stand it. And so she tells him, and then he's so I've never actually seen Bobby this excited. In this entire run of the show. He pounces on her. Jumps up and then throws her onto the bed with him. And I'm like, holy shit. I know. I, it was a, There was so much emotion there. It was like, it was happy emotion. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot. It was mm. a lot. <laughs> but someone who's not happy is Cliff Barnes. This is true. He is full of his self-loathing again. 
Rebecca stops by his place. And uh, she tells him about that she has acquired this oil company that she would like him to run. And he is just. What you want? You need. Not having it. You need an embezzler. You need a. You need an utter failure. I'm the man for the job then. And she's like, no, 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 like I'm not for you. So you can do whatever. Like I'm not even gonna bother you. You do whatever you want. And honestly, like if you use this to like ruin J.R. Ewing, like no. I'm not no. gonna care. No, no, I am done with that. I am not going there. He says uh, that's uh, no, no. I, I and I swear to God, I'm so proud of Cliff in the scene. So proud of him. But he, but he, he's just like, yeah, I can't do it. Like J.R., I can't take J.R. beating me again. Every time he's messed me up. And I can't do it again. And right. so, like, Rebecca and, and, isn't and it's, sure what to do It's with a that. complete about face because before his suicide, she wanted to end the feud. She wanted him to do this, that, it and is. the other. And totally. now yeah. she wants to right. – she's like the devil in the ear, just kind of, like, poking the fire and, like, trying to – Right. When it seems obvious that, like, that's the worst thing to do in the situation. But, uh, I mean, they – that's like handing somebody kerosene and saying, go over to the campfire and uh, stoke the fire. Yeah. It's going to blow up in your face. Not some great choices. No. That's for sure. But he leaves the room. Doesn't want to hear of it. Yeah. And he just walks out. And then Pam leaves the ranch, so we get a drink. Yeah. It's South Fork morning. Ellie and Bobby are discussing Christopher's adoption hearing. Um, and JR comes out and it's like, oh, wow, that's, that's great. And Bobby said, well, they're. Shouldn't be anything that should get in the way of this, is there? There shouldn't be one single reason this is going to go wrong, is there, Jr. No. Jr. is like, no, uh, no, not that I can think no, of. I can't think no, of no. anything. And then Bobby uh, gets up and leaves. Yeah, not so subtle warning. And then Ellie says that um, she's totally against this fight, but um, and she's not happy about it. But she's not going to take sides. She refuses. Let's see how long that lasts. Yeah. <laughs> right. Famous last words. Yeah, that's yeah, because I, I can think of a quote later in the season that foreshadows thirty years down the road. But um and he says that she wants him to be above board and no underhanded tricks and he goes, Bobby's my brother. I I'm, I wouldn't do anything to hurt him. <laughs> okay, JR. <laughs> like I it's like he acts like he like people don't know who he is as a person. <laughs> Uh, the the manure that Mickey is shoveling is not the only manure I smell on the ranch. Right. Okay, JR. No. Yeah. Uh, bye-bye, JR. Bye-bye. Um, so then Rebecca is hosting a tea for Pam she, at her place. And she's wearing this uh, house dress and like a band, like some. I kind of love it. It's like this, this like really flowy house dress with a matching bandana. And I couldn't tell if this was like fancy pajamas or like it kind of reminded me of like a not so over the top um like Mrs. Roper would wear. Yes, as Norman Fell was staring at the camera after making jokes. Right. It's Bre- like a, breaking a that fourth wall again. Breaking that fourth wall. Every goddamn time. Um so it was like not as obnoxious as one of those, but it was still like one of those but with a matching bandana and it was kind of cute. Audra Lindley, mm. that was her name. Mrs. Audra Roper. Lindley, yes. yeah. And she wonders why Pam didn't bring Christopher because she is kind of a grandmother. I mean, right. Yeah. And uh, Christopher was fussy, so she left him at home. And Rebecca thinks, "Oh, wow, well, I could have, I could have cheered him up or something like that." And yeah. 
Well, not if you're going to be discussing this oil company. Right. Uh, nobody is happy about this oil company. And Rebecca seems to- like she thinks everyone's going to love the idea. And everyone's like, what the fuck are you thinking? It goes from <laughs> the joy of Pam's coming over to invite her to the adoption hearing next week. <laughs> right. To be like, what? To like thud. Uh-huh. Lead balloon. And she says to her mother that you know, her mother brings up you know, Cliff going after JR and all this stuff. She said, but this, this is a 50, 50 split of the, of, of the company right now. And if you go after the company, then you're also going after my husband and I can't, I have to take sides too. Right. Then that's going to be awkward. So yeah. you can see all these little awkward, awkward factions yeah. starting to form yeah, yeah. little, little fissures as they call them and the cracks mm-hmm. in the armor and, yeah. You can already start seeing the impact that it could have on the rippling impact. Er- that people- everybody. Yeah. Except for Ray and Donna, who are Except for Ray and Donna. Who are the yeah. who are the picnickers at the Civil War. <laughs> right. With Mickey shoveling crap. <laughs> so then Cliff and Afton are walking in downtown Dallas. She goes to buy uh, ice cream. Ice cream. From a scantily clad ice cream girl who's <laughs> Like leg you see in the bent over in the shot for. Okay, so I didn't notice that, but okay. <laughs> and I'm I'm looking. I'm going. Since when do these ice cream workers wear really short shorts and have their like <laughs> leg like backside just like sticking out? And it's pistachio. Yeah, I, I didn't notice that. It's pistachio and chocolate. Pistachio for Cliff and chocolate for um, yeah, Afton. Yeah. And I. I would go with Afton with the chocolate. Which one would you choose? Strawberry. <laughs> Neither. Strawberry. Okay. Yeah. With pistachio? Okay. Pistachio. That's a choice, I guess. And when I want crunch in my ice cream, I want like peppermint stick or butter crunch or mint chocolate chip. I want, I want like some crunchy like candy in there. Yeah, like peppermint. You know? like, like for me, the peppermint candies and the peppermint stick ice cream, which crunch mm. makes it a little bit of crunch. In fact, what I do after Christmas, and I still have a sealed uh, container of crushed candy cane. Mm-hmm. Is I spoon them into my peppermint stick ice cream and stir them in so I have extra peppermint. There you go. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Cliff is not eating his ice cream and it is melting all. You can see it. It's melting it, all over <laughs> his entire hand. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's all I could pay attention to in this scene. <laughs> I, I wasn't the only one. <laughs> no, I'm just like, Cliff, eat your ice cream. It's just like melting. At, it's like going down his hand. It's Dallas, Texas. How warm is it? it remember, there, there. You have like five minutes to eat that. It, eat it. It may be taking place in somewhere around November or wherever, but it is being filmed in the summer. It's like 120 degrees. Yes, where heels will sink into the asphalt of the South Fork driveway. Yeah, yeah. And they have. <laughs> and then he goes to eat it, and it falls off. And I wonder, is this like did this? Is this a blooper? Because I feel like it was not supposed to happen. Because she literally laughs. It was, and then like recovers. Yes, it reminded me of the uh, the sketch with Head Wound Harry on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> Again, my favorite sketch ever on Saturday Night Live. I love that one. When the dog comes and starts pulling the thing, start eating the head. <laughs> and even even Carby and them, they couldn't stop. <laughs> yeah, like Tom Hanks just starts laughing. Oh. oh my god! But she wants him to take the company and build his own company and FJR and forget about him. Yeah, which, okay, that's a pretty good idea. Afton, usually super smart. I feel like that's kind of a questionable idea. But if he had was able to do that, that would have been a good idea. Right, but this is... But this, she trusts him. This, she, this is the small him. city of Dallas. And oil companies are going to step on each other to get what they want. 
Right. It's cutthroat. And, you know, you're living in la-la land if you think that, oh, just build your own oil company and don't have anything to do with JR. No, that's not going to happen. I guess you can just think that Afton doesn't actually know that much about the oil business. So she just is assuming, like, just do your own thing. Yeah. And he doesn't like pistachio anyway. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Last scene. Okay, we got you. Ewing Oil Night. McSween comes in. They work late at that office. They do. I was thinking that. Like, they're there late a lot. Even even the uh, secretaries. Yeah. But I guess it's November, so it probably gets dark early, but still. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing really on um, what's... Walt uh, Driscoll. He's like a boy, he's like a boy scout nothing, almost. Yeah, there's really nothing on him. But his wife, who's 20 years young, 21 years younger than him... And she's uh, and, she's got uh, a body that won't quit. Unquote, she's built, quote-unquote. She's a shitty driver. Apparently. Like, they had someone following her, and she almost got into a bunch of accidents. That would be a shame if she accidentally killed someone someday, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, uh, JR says, well, her luck can't last forever. Freeze frame. And scene. Unseen. On JR, drink once. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I'm going to give this one 4.25, because it was good, but also, like, it's just a lot of, like, building of the things, so... I mean, it gets better, so I want to mm. give higher ones to ones that I think are better. It's like they're um, so, it's like they're pushing the boulder up the hill. Yes, most definitely. Yeah, they're putting all the pieces of puzzle in place. So I'm giving it that and some balloons and a bottle of champagne. Okay, and I am giving it uh, also a, a four two five for the very same reason. So I'm just not even going to repeat that uh, what you said. Okay, and I am giving it a. Um, Pitchfork of hay and horse crap. Because there is a lot of crap being thrown around here as they put the pieces in place. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that is the 109th episode. And our next episode we're recording, we may have some guests before that. Episode 110, Hit and Run. Hit and Run. Yes. Hmm. Yep. Cool. And um, in the meantime, join us on our Facebook group. Um, something I posted today on our Facebook group. Uh, I don't know if you saw this yet, Josh. I used Chat GPT for the first time, uh, that a- the AI thing, and I asked it to write an episode oh, of I a show that was a crossover between Dallas and Doctor Who, which I've never watched in my life. Doctor Who. Really? Yes. Oh, I love Doctor Who. I've been to Doctor Who conventions and. Uh. It was amazing, and it wrote a whole, like, story breakdown and, like, kind of, like, what was happening in each act of the episode, and oh, it was just so good. So so it just <laughs> auto-generated this for you? Yeah, it gets AI. You just ask it something, and it'll just make it. So you doing anything special for Memorial Weekend? Uh, it's barbecue on Sunday, and I may okay. go up to our camp in Maine uh, Friday and come back Saturday night. It depends on how motivated I am because they are doing some okay. some uh, cleaning, I guess, you know, raking, opening things up and that sort of thing. And I would like to check out the damage from the forest fire that happened at the camp a little mm-hmm. over a week ago where three oh, wow. quarter, the equivalent of three quarters of a football field, that's sports ball for you, uh, burned yeah. up uh, because some kayakers pulled into our cove and were cold and they decided to make a campfire but it was extremely windy and the wind took the fire and 
sent it on its way, coming within 1,500 feet of actually hitting buildings in the camp. And that would have torched the whole place. Oh, my gosh. And if it wasn't but for a boy... Is- if it wasn't for a Boy Scout that was working at the camp uh, doing some off-season stuff uh, that had the wherewithal to dig a trench to cut off the fire from the uh-huh. rest of the land and the uh, three or four towns of firefighters that came, the camp would have burned down. Oh, my gosh. Over a, over a hundred-year-old camp. Wow. Where allegedly JFK went to camp there and his brother and Cab, Ca- and Cab Calloway. I'm going to a concert in L.A. with my husband. We leave I was tomorrow. To, I was supposed to ask you first. What are you doing for Memorial Day weekend? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just offering. I'm just offering. Okay. Um, we're doing that. And then um, we're staying in L.A. because a friend of mine is having her first baby at uh, almost 48. So she's having her baby shower on Sunday. So I'm going to oh. be able to go to that. Godspeed. <laughs> yes. Speaking of Los Angeles, if you are out there in the Palm Springs area uh, on June 13th at Oscars, you will find uh, a Dallas reunion with. Yeah. I was going to say Larry. Which I think still uh, has regular tickets available. I was going to say so. Larry, Larry Hagman, but uh, he'll be there in spirit. Um, yeah, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> it is going to include. Super surprise guest. <laughs> Patrick Duffy, Linda Gray, who uh, I think she. May have just completed her 100-mile walk in Spain, which prevented her from being a chiller. Charlene Tilton, Steve Canale, Audrey Landers. Audrey Landers. Kathy yeah. Podwell, Cherie J. Wilson, and yeah. Joan Van Ark. Right. Yep. And um, I believe Michael Priest said he might be attending with them as well. So cool. But he wouldn't. he won't be a panelist, uh, apparently, but he'll be there. He should be. Oh, he I just be. want to sit and talk to Michael Priest for like hours. Yes. And uh, so if you're out there, there apparently are still some regular tickets available. And then the Hollywood show at the end of June with Barbara Carrera, Joan Van Ark, Deb Renard. And I always throw her in because she is Gary's second wife, Donna Mills. Sure. Not landing fan, Landing fans will be disappointed yeah. to know that Michelle Lee was supposed to be there, but she had to cancel. Ah. Okay, well, we will see you next time then. Bye. Y'all come back now, you hear? Next on Dallas. I hope I'm ready for this. Make no mistake. One of these days, you're going to have to butt heads with JR. Can you handle the whole cartel? Or even me, with Rebecca nipping at your heels? I can beat you, despite Rebecca, that lightweight son of hers, and the cartel. I hope you haven't let him talk you into giving back any of that divorce settlement. You may be needing that money soon. JR and Bobby are not going to roll over and play dead just because you want revenge. This thing could destroy all of us.